Amen. Would you bless God for our third Sunday choir? Amen. We want to just also join in and recognize the Benedict College Bridge students. I want you, amen. As a proud graduate of Benedict College, I am proud of you and happy that you made the decision to go there and be there. And we are so grateful for you and for Benedict and all the schools of higher learning and all the wonderful things that you are doing. Also, Deacon Albert Jackson, my cousin, who moved here from New York, is with us. God bless you, Deacon. Uh, uh, then finally, I see my good friend to my right, uh, Attorney Clarence Davis. He and I are good friends. In fact, Clarence, we started law school together. It was a wonderful class, Deacon Stokes, amen. They, uh, looked at Clarence and I and Abigail Rogers, Rosalind Henderson. They all are doing good. They said we would one day be something, Clarence, and the rest of them became successful lawyers. I became a struggling preacher. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I'm proud of you, my brother, and all that you've done and what God is doing for, for the kingdom. Amen. There is a word from the Lord. How many of you love God's word? Amen. How many of you are excited about God's word? Now, to those of you that are joining us for the first time, we, we don't go to sleep on God's word. So, if you nod off and somebody hunches you, it's a Holy Ghost hunch. Don't start nothing up in here, okay? But we are so grateful for the word and grateful for you to our internet audience, our radio audience. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing. The gospel that has been recorded by St. Luke is where our text is found. The 15th chapter, beginning at the 25th verse, concluding at verse 32, reading this morning from the New Living Translation. This is the second part of that very popular parable, widely known as the parable of the prodigal son. This is the second half of that parable. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry. Mm, shake your head and say, mm -mm -mm. And wouldn't even go in the house. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, quote, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this, listen to this, son of yours, <laughs> shake your head and say, mm-mm comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by my side and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate. Look at somebody and say, we've got to celebrate. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And those that love God's word, said, amen. Do me a favor and reach over and catch someone by the hand. Hold those hands Look at someone. Here's the subject for this message, which is the fifth message 
of this series. You can let them in that are in the hallway. Let them in. Fifth message of this series that's entitled The Harvest. Look at someone, hold those hands, and says, don't hate, celebrate. I look behind you and say, celebrate. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't hate. Shake your head at somebody and say, please don't hate. Tell them, celebrate. After the 8 o'clock, somebody told me, Pastor, I'm taking that to work with me tomorrow. I said, now don't you get in trouble and blame me. Amen. Don't hate. Celebrate. Listen, it has been said that perhaps there is nothing more destructive to the human spirit than that of jealousy. Somebody say jealousy. Nothing worse, nothing will destroy your life like jealousy. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy has been described as a debilitating emotional cancer that is usually, listen to this, more harmful to the one who is jealous than to the one that they are jealous of. I've yet to see the object of somebody's jealousy suffer as much as the person who is jealous. People who are jealous look mean and tired and old and ugly. Not old, just ugly. <laughs> Amen. Just all frowned up all the time. You know people like that. Amen. Just walking around looking like something always wrong with jealousy. Will eat you alive. Listen how King Solomon puts it in Songs of Solomon chapter 8 and verse 6, the New King James Version. Solomon is quoted as saying, jealousy is as cruel as the grave. In other words, jealousy will do to you what the grave will do. Look at somebody and say, it will kill you. It will destroy you. There is nobody in your life worth you ruining your life over you being jealous. It is a debilitating, once again, emotion, but it is also a spirit. May I preach this? From the adversary who resides in the pit of hell called the devil. It is one of his tools. It is one of the deadly sins that will destroy our lives. Now, perhaps even going further, there is nothing more discouraging than to witness, listen to this, jealousy among those of us who proclaim to be people of faith. Can I just keep it real? You haven't seen jealousy until you see church jealousy. You haven't seen jealousy until you see preachers' jealousy. I, I thought it was rough at the state house class, but I haven't experienced anything until you see preachers jealous of each other and church folk jealous of each other and churches comparing themselves with other churches and churches that wish other churches fall apart. Can I preach? Folk that literally get happy when they hear bad news about other people of faith. There's something wrong with that. That is the type of jealousy that is despised by the Lord. And he will not tolerate it and he will not reside in anybody's life that gives a, 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 an inch of territory to jealousy in their lives. You're going to have to decide if you're going to have the spirit of jealousy or the spirit of the Lord. For the anointing of God does not share space with the spirit of jealousy. 
We've got to get over that. We as people of faith need to celebrate what other folk are doing. If it, if it hasn't happened to you, it can happen to you because God has no respect of person and what he's done for others. Look at somebody and say he'll do for you. If you just learn how to celebrate somebody else's blessing, God will bless you. Amen. We, we have to learn how to clap for somebody else and praise God for somebody else and watch God bless us. Throughout the Bible, there are, there are many examples of the deadly consequences to jealousy. There are three that comes to mind that I'd like to share with you in this message today. First is found in the book of Genesis chapter 4, the New King James Version. The first, in fact, not only is it the first of this message I want to share, it is the first of human, humankind, of humanity. Jealousy between two brothers, one by the name of Cain and the other by the name of Abel. And then Cain became jealous because God accepted Abel's sacrifice. Abel gave God his best. Cain gave God just something that he could spare. Something that did not mean as much to him. And the Bible said God rejected Cain's sacrifice and said uh, that I accept what Abel has given me. Now the scripture goes on. Uh, to say Cain went on uh, because of his jealousy. First murder of humanity was caused because of jealousy. Cain killed his brother Abel. The Bible says Abel's blood spoke from the ground. God said to King in Genesis chapter 4, he says, King, sin lieth at your door. I want you to know that what you've done is nothing short of sinful. And it is lying at your door after having slain his brother. God asked King a question that God already knew. God never asked anything that he doesn't already know the answer. God says, where is your brother? King responded in chapter 4, verse number 9, and asked this question that still resounds with us today. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, am I responsible for my brother? God said, because you allowed this to enter into your life, I will punish you the rest of your life. You will never be successful. You will never have anything worth anything. King, you are cursed with a curse. Why? Because he allowed spirit of jealousy to come between two brothers, two brothers that never should have had this kind of a spirit. And as a result, King's life was cursed. Then the second example of jealousy is found in 1 Samuel chapter 18 concerning King Saul, first king of Israel, and David his protege. David, a man who in that previous chapter, chapter 17, David slays Goliath. And the Bible tells us at the end of that chapter, David brings the head of Goliath and presents it to King Saul and said, this is the enemy that had tormented you and Israel. Saul was impressed. David's son, Jonathan, became so, uh, became Saul's son, Jonathan became David's best friend. And Saul was all right with David until chapter 18. Uh, something happens in chapter 18, uh, beginning at, say, verse number 5. The Bible says, so David went out wherever Saul sent him, and he behaved wisely. And Saul sent him over, set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. David had favor. Look at somebody and say, favor ain't fair. 
Uh, everybody can't stand your favor. Uh, everybody, even those who mentored you, uh, sometimes will get jealous of the favor of God on your life. And so the text says, now it happened uh, as they were coming home when David was returning from slaughter of the Philistine that the women had come out all of them across the cities of Israel to welcome the army of God back. They were singing and dancing, listen to this, to meet Saul with tambourines. Saul was the king. This was his territory. They were giving him the praise. But they said something that Saul could not take. I feel like preaching. Uh, jealousy will drive you insane and it will cause you not to even use the proper uses of your mental faculties to understand I have no reason to be jealous because this is my kingdom but Saul could not stand the praises of anybody other than Trump I mean Saul I mean, so everybody had to be bad, but him. And so they come out and the women bring the tamarines with joy, with musical instruments, and they began to dance and sing this little song. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Oh, see, jealousy won't allow you to celebrate when anybody else is better than you. When anybody else has done something perhaps you have not done. As opposed to Saul say, that's fine because we're all part of the same army. Look at what happened. Next verse says, then Saul was very angry and saying this, that saying displeased him. And Saul said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me, they have only given me a thousand. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? He was worried because he thought David wanted his seat. But I need to say something to all of you that are jealous. Everybody ain't looking to take your place. Excuse the Ebonics. Come on, somebody, shake your head at somebody and say, everybody don't want to be where you are. And jealousy will drive you so insane that you think everybody want to be like you. For David knew what God has for me is for me. I'm satisfied being a shepherd boy. I didn't ask for anything. Every promotion I ever got, God gave it to me. How many of you know you're on the right track as long as you're walking with the Lord? He couldn't take it. So the Bible says in verse number 9, chapter 18, First Samuel is the new King James Version. So Saul, from that day forward, I, David, you know what that means. When you roll your eyes at somebody, he kept an eye on David. And from that day forward, Saul's life fell apart. He eventually lost the kingdom. His own son tried to overthrow him. He saw the slaughter of his own son by the hands of his enemies. Don't tell me what jealousy won't do. Simply because he allowed that spirit to ruin his life. Shake your head at somebody and say, don't let it happen to you. You better learn how to celebrate and not hate. And if God is doing something in somebody else's life, in fact, you ought to rejoice because the precedent has already been established. If God did it for them, you can go home and say, Lord, now that I know that you are no respect the person, what you've done for them, you can do for me. Then you got to wait on the Lord. But they that wait 
upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Look at somebody and say, I'm waiting on my blessing. It may not come as soon as yours came. I may not even get what you have, but what God has for me, it is for me. Anybody know that God's got a blessing with your name on it and no demon from the pits of hell can take what God has for you. And so, the third example that I would like to lift up from Holy Scriptures on the deadly consequences of jealousy is found in our text today. This 15th chapter of the gospel recorded by St. Luke. This powerful chapter in which we find three powerful parables uh, concerning them that were lost. This parable that has the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. Today's text represents the second part of that third parable, the prodigal son. This second part of the parable is often overlooked simply because of the dynamic narrative of the first part of the parable. However, there are some biblical scholars who contend that this part of the parable just may contain one of the most valuable lessons in all of the parables, as well as in this entire chapter, the 15th chapter. Look at the lesson. The lesson involves the other son. Somebody say the other son. It involves the older son. The one that did not, listen carefully, the one that did not selfishly and arrogantly demanded his father's stuff and called it his inheritance. You would catch it in the parking lot. Because any inheritance originally belonged to somebody else. The word inheritance is inherently saying it was not yours at first. Somebody had to give it to you. So this young boy, you know the story, goes to his father in such an arrogant, selfish spirit and demand something from his father. This, this older son had not done that. He, in fact, watched his younger brother do something that was hurtful, not just to the father, but to the entire family. This older son could be called, quote, the good son, the one who had always been faithful. Ah, but something happened when the younger son returned. We're told in the text that when this older brother realized that his disgraced younger brother had returned home and how his father responded to his return, he was visibly upset. He was jealous. Now, before you're too hard on him, he was human. And so uh, human beings could feel that way. Look, I've been here. I, I had to pull the load when this knucklehead left and went off and did what he wanted to do. I had even more work to do. So he was visibly upset and jealous because not just because he came home. I need you to catch this. But he was jealous because of the attention the father and others were paying to this, quote, prodigal son. In fact, the text tells us that this older brother refused to go into the house to take part in the celebration. He was so obsessed with jealousy, he could not even gather himself. He could not even force himself to go in the house and welcome his brother back and take part of the celebration. Although the text tells us that his father begged him to do so. Father pleaded with him, can you at least come in? Can you be a part of this celebration? But jealousy is cruel. 
And he, he lost it. He, uh, his emotions were on full display. Uh, he could not even pull himself up to go and to welcome back his young brother and to welcome him back in the family. In fact, he said to his father in verse 29 these words. Listen carefully at these words. Says to his dad, all these years. Look at what he next chooses to say. I have slaved for you. New Living Translation says, all these years, I have slaved for you. Hold on for a minute, brother. How are you slaving for your own daddy on the property that has your family name on it? Jealousy will make us lose our, our, our moral compass. And we are so, we are so uh, enraged and so obsessed with jealousy, we forget something. He says, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. Now here is the problem. Don't miss the latter part of this verse. Here is where he really has a problem. He really wasn't that upset that the boy was back. He was upset over the party thrown for him. And all that time, you never gave me a party. Throw your hands up and say, really? Is this all about a party? Come on, y'all. This is all about you never gave me a party. This boy gets a party. He gets to celebrate in public. Oftentimes, people get jealous because they see other people get public accommodations, public recognitions, and that disturbs them. As long as it's done quietly, they're all right with it. If the boy would have sneaked in the house uh, with his tail between his legs, saying, Daddy, I did wrong, and Daddy would have said, Stand here in this corner. Sit down for a minute. But because the daddy celebrated his redemption. Oh, the brother got mad. He goes on to say to his father in verse number 30, yet, look at he, how he describes his brother. He, he doesn't even call him a brother. When this son of yours, when this, what he really wanted to say is that when this knucklehead crazy son of yours, the one that spent all your money, the one that made a fool out of himself, the one that took the money and wasted it on prostitutes and ended up in the pig pen and came home smelling like swine. When, when, when he did all of that, you celebrated by throwing him a party. The party messed him up. Ooh, I need a priest or somebody. We are all right as long as we don't call somebody else's name. You are so happy in church as long as somebody don't get up and say, thank God for sister so-and-so, and Lord knows, and don't recognize some mother's birthday. I, I got so many notes, I just told Mac, I ain't recognize nobody else, you, whoever you want. And Mac said, mother, mother Simmons is 92 years old, and after church, we get five notes. Nobody recognize my birthday. You ought to be happy to be 52 and celebrate by yourself. Preach past the No, nobody talk about what I do for the church. If you talk about it, then God doesn't have to reward you. But if God has rewarded you, why do folk need to talk about it? How many of you know if it's well with you and the Lord, if it's all right with you and God, that's all the recognition you need. Some of you need to get your act together and stop wanting folk to praise you because when God gets the glory, the kingdom benefits. You've got 30 seconds to give God your best praise. Somebody help me praise God for the kingdom. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. 
so here's the problem. May I preach this? Ah, Lawson, they put the pressure on me. They told me what time y'all got out last week. So, hey, hey, man, I need to preach this. So the older brother somehow did not think his younger brother was worthy of his father's forgiveness. He felt that what he had done was so egregious and so unforgivable that he did not deserve redemption. But look at somebody and say, everybody deserves redemption. Problem with some church folk is that all, to you who've been here for a long time, get all upset when God send folk in that don't look like you and act like you. And they come in smelling like the pig pen that they wallowed in most of their lives. And then you go, how did they get up there so soon and get recognized and do that? Come on, throw your hands up and say, really? We all are part of the same family. We all are part of the kingdom. And folk need to learn how to work together. I have worked on jobs. I've started businesses. I've worked in government. And I've worked in the churches. And I've traveled all over the country. And if there's one thing that is consistent, that is the limited mentality of human beings when it comes to jealousy. When it comes to jealousy, we don't even think straight. Amen. And so the father had a right to do whatever he wanted with his son because this boy was still his son. He smelt like pigs. He wasted his money on prostitutes, but he was still God's son. I got news for you. Everybody that's in the crack house this morning is still a child of God. Everybody that you think is not worthy is still a child of God. Somebody that's out there smoking a blunt right now on the corner still belong to the Lord. That alcoholic still belongs to the Lord. Somehow he felt as if his brother did not deserve redemption. Whew. Should never be welcomed back to the family. And especially the way that he was welcomed back. Uh, why do we have to do all of that for him? This brother, listen to this, I'm wrapping this up, was so blinded with jealousy that he forgot something. I'm going somewhere. He was so obsessed with the party <laughs> Ooh, that he forgot something. He was so obsessed with the celebration over the redemption of his younger brother that he forgot what he was entitled to. Who can I preach to somebody? And that's the enemy's goal. It gets you so mad at what God's doing for other people. You forgot what God has promised to do for you. Can I preach? Should I preach? May I preach? Get you obsessed with the blessings that other people enjoy. That you forgot that eye has not seen. And ear has not heard nor has it entered into the imagination of man what God has for you. Look at somebody and say, God's got something with your name on it. God's got a blessing with your name. Don't you let the devil come and make you throw away what God has for you just because you're upset with somebody that you somehow think does not deserve what they're getting. But thank God the father reminded him of the corn well the father reminded the brother you are upset over a party look at verse 31 father said to him son you are always with me in other words I haven't forgotten your faithfulness it will never be forgotten or unrewarded and then the father says something that ought to make every faithful person praise God. 
Everybody ought to, that's been faithful and been holding on to the bloodstained banner, had your hands to the gospel plow and didn't turn back. Everyone that's walked the walk and talked the talk. Everyone that's been through the fire and been through the flood. Everybody who's been insulted to Mika. Everybody who's ever went through anything. This ought to be their consolation. Son, all that I have Put it on the board, please. All that I have is yours. Let me preach to this side of the church. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, everything belongs to you. Don't get upset over a party when the kingdom belongs to you. Can I preach? Should I preach? Somebody ought to help me celebrate. I feel like putting a praise on something. Stand to your feet and say, neighbor, the devil is a liar. What you don't know is that God's got a blessing with my name on it. Everything I ask for. Come on, Put a praise on it. You got 30 seconds to give God your best praise. Leave your seat, cross the aisles, touch two people, say it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Somebody else's party. 
near the altar. Come on. with your name on it. this message God says your faithfulness has not been forgotten and it will not be unrewarded there's a blessing with your name on it so put a praise on it listen how the father ends his dialogue with his son verse 32 I love this verse the New Living Translation. His father says to him, as you come to this altar, I want as many of you as can to come to this altar. We're going to demonstrate something here. By coming, the father said, we had to celebrate. Look at this, look at this. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. God told me to say to somebody, if you learn how to celebrate somebody else's blessing, God will give you something to celebrate. Woo. Amen, somebody? Because the truth of the matter is, as our dear friend Bishop Hezekiah Walker says in this song, I need you to survive. Look at somebody and say, I need you, you need me. Tell them we all are a part of God's body. Look at somebody and say, stand with me, agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. Now this is the part I like. Look at somebody and say, you are important to me. I need you to survive. Come on, come on, quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Just put your arms around somebody's shoulders. Everybody flood this altar if you can. We all are part of God. Stand with me and agree with me. We're all a part And it is His will we need each other.
Everybody, all in the balcony, put your arms around somebody. Just we in this together. Just hold the hands, touch somebody. We're in this together. Pray for you. Listen. I pray for you. I pray for you. Pray you pray for me. Say I love you. I love you. I need you. And I won't harm you. I won't harm you. Listen, as we touch and agree, and this morning, uh, today, I wanted us to embrace each other. Because the fact of the matter is, when one succeeds, we all succeed. If there's anything that we need more of, we need more unity among those of us who are people of faith. Cannot allow jealousy to destroy us. You heard me earlier talk about my friend, attorney Davis. I am so proud of him and he would tell you this. And I often tell him how proud I am of what he's done and he will say the same for me. Amen. Although we in school together took different paths in our lives, it wasn't as if God was limited in what God could do. God can bless you and what God has for you. God can bless somebody else. But you've got to learn how to celebrate and not hate. Amen. You've got to stop hating and stop allowing a jealous spirit to take over your life. And let me speak to every church-going member, church leader that's listening by way of radio, by way of internet. Your enemy is not another church. Your enemy is not another person of faith. We have one enemy, and that is the devil. Amen, somebody. And we cannot allow the devil to do to us what he did to Cain and Abel. Abel lost his life because of Cain's jealousy. Saul lost his kingdom because of his own jealousy. I'm so glad that in this parable, the young man's father had to convince him that what I have for you is far greater than any party. Your younger brother received a party, but everything else belongs to you. How many of you know that God has something great with your name on it? It begins with your relationship with God. So here's the question before we pray. Where do you stand with God? 
or you committed to something greater than yourself and I, I don't care how great your career is how great you may think you are we all need to be tied to a higher force something greater than ourselves I'm so encouraged when I see people throughout this congregation with very successful careers but you would never know any of that because they worship God all the time and, and they aren't obsessed with their positions they recognize that it was of God's mercy that they are where they are now and I've got news for you what God has done for somebody else not only can he do that for you he can do even greater things for you so after we pray amen we want you to know that you have an opportunity to make that commitment to the Lord if you're not where you ought to be you need to be the ministers and the deacons have a card in their hands and they're just holding up you just take one after the eight o'clock service even after the service I saw folk getting this card saying I need somebody to pray for me if you want to make that decision we've decided as a ministry not to rush anybody into a decision because listen to this it's not so important that you join the church it's more important that you join the kingdom amen because the kingdom supersedes the church so where do you stand in the kingdom and if you are looking for direction if you're looking for a church family if you're looking for somebody to help pray you through this give us a call we'll be right there to pray with you and for you let us pray lord we thank you we bless you for this our fifth message of this series thank you lord because the hashtag for us today is don't hate celebrate all week long we want to remember that as we go to our jobs maybe we did not get that promotion maybe that job we thought we would get we did not get help us not to be angry maybe things didn't go the way we wanted them to go maybe there's somebody else in our families that getting stuff we don't think they deserve help us to celebrate and not hate because we give you the glory. We know all blessings come from you. Thank you for so many that are at this altar, in the balcony, wherever they are, all over this campus, listening by way of radio, viewing by way of internet. Let us touch and agree that you've got something great with their name on it. We thank you and give you the praise. It's in your name we pray and give thanks. Those that know it is already done, say amen put your arms around somebody and say I need you you need me come on if you want to make that decision you can